I'm Tanzel Atnai. And I'm Tepra Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we are recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. Uh, we want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, this week on the show, we are doing something we haven't done in a while. Very is, long uh, while. Super long while, possibly an, an infinite while. Possibly. Possibly. We're doing a media review. We're talking about a media that we liked. And what media are, are we are we talking today? I mean, I was going to draw that intro out a little bit further. Do I was going to say, we always say in the intro every single time, we say we talk about food media, and then we don't talk about food media, mm-hmm. which is a little ridiculous because we consume so much food media copious amounts we like we we watch it all really yeah we're like, gluttons for it we, <laughs> we're gluttons for food media this is something we do a lot and have always done mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot through the course of our relationship so i'm really excited today we're going to talk about one of our favorite pieces of food media over the years and that is somebody feed phil now, Somebody Feed Phil uh, is on Netflix. There's six seasons of it. It's all delightful. And now, um, Somebody Feed Phil is my introduction to Phil Rosenthal. Okay. But Tom, you know a whole lot about Phil Rosenthal, which I only figured out about halfway into watching oh. the first season of some. I just thought he was just some guy. I was like, sure. this is a nice guy doing this food show. Uh, but Tom, do you want to give the people an introduction since you know things? Yeah. All right. Well, so so Phil is the creator of a little sitcom called Everybody Loves Raymond that was uh, a big Ray Romano thing in the like late 90s early 2000s on which actually phil's wife amy nope That's <laughs> monica <her> horan <laughs> played the character amy mcdougall for you know several seasons as well um which is also very fun because she makes a couple of appearances in somebody feed phil and she um, is extremely fun they delightful. both seem like extremely fun people yeah and uh but but you know apart from being a like highly successful you know, TV writer and producer and everything. Phil Rosenthal is kind of just some guy. Yeah. In, in a in a different way than I mean, you know, he's not some guy the way that we are some guy, but he is like he has the energy of someone who is just some guy, and I think that that is a really like refreshing thing for us to get in a show like this. You know, yeah. like he he's not a journalist. Mm-hmm. He's not a, a professional food critic. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who likes to eat. He's a famous guy who likes to eat, but like he's not like a like a he's not like a food famous guy who likes yeah. to you know yeah nobody's talking about mouthfeel in yeah. this um <laughs> everything is communicated in like mm, 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 um and similar <laughs> yeah and personally i appreciate that uh one of the things i really i mean i think we should talk about sort of the format of the show and what the show is but sure. one of the things i really like about it is that it really seems like this is a show that phil rosenthal made because he could sure and being in a position in his career where he can basically just do things, this is what he chose to make. Yeah. 
and and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Now, I would describe this show best as if Anthony Bourdain was optimistic. Sure. Um, it's a similar going to a place, learning about its food culture, trying its food, meeting the people. Um, but it's significantly less, shall we say... Journalistic. Uh, what intense. I was going to say is, what's a very serious journalism? <laughs> What's the what's the serious journalism? It's not that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't like an Al Jazeera piece. Yeah. This is like something you get in your Apple suggestions yeah. of clickbaity news. And it's and it's lovely. It's it's really um joyful and yeah. it's I mean in many ways it's like it seems to me like food media with the same sort of hypothesis that we have yeah. or the same sort of thesis, not hypothesis. What am I a scientist? <laughs> Which is, food is great. We love food. Mm -hmm. People like to talk about it and share it and eat it. Go from there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Where where sometimes Tony Bourdain was using food as a way to get into a place to like explore the, the kind of underbelly of what was going on and talk about really serious things. Phil is using the food of a place to explore the joy of those places a little bit more, right? Where it will occasion the show does occasionally go into like some serious stuff, just like ours does, really. Yeah. But the primary goal of it is more just to see what's out there and enjoy things and, and explore that joyous connection to food that people have and the way that it brings them together. And like you know, not to like nothing negative about Anthony Bourdain's work here, obviously. Like Anthony we, Bourdain's work yeah. is, is stunning and is yeah. some of the first food media that I ever consumed. And well, that and made it's me like really realize important. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah. And it is one of the first places that I realized that food media was a thing. Yeah. Honestly. Well, that's like, it. And, and yeah. what Tony Bourdain did showed us how important food media is and can be. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like this show, somebody feed Phil feels like, in some ways a spiritual successor to it and in some ways exactly what we need right now right because mm -hmm. we're at a time right now where the world is experiencing a collective trauma there's a lot of shifts going on there's a lot of change and uncertainty and we i don't know about you but like i need something that's cozy i yeah. need something comfy where a goofy little man who knows how to make me laugh enjoys some stuff and I get to see the actual expressions of joy on his face as mm -hmm. he eats it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like he's playing it up ever because mm -hmm. there are times when he doesn't like the thing and you can tell because yes. he, <laughs> he expresses it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's nice too because you often with like food shows that are used to sort of hype up a food, like, like let's be real, like Guy Fieri, right? Guy, also phenomenal, you know, very important figure in all of this. You won't see him not like something on TV for That's, the most part. It's so funny that you brought that up because I was about to say... You know, like the way Guy Fieri won't eat eggs. <laughs> sure, but that's different, right? Because he will not eat them. He, he Where, tries them sometimes if he has to. Yeah, but like... When he's exploring a place, yeah. he will not ever have a like outright negative reaction to a thing yeah. that he's eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if there's something like that, they just won't show it, right? Yeah. Because it's supposed to be promotional. But Phil will have that honest expression of like, okay, this is super not for me, but like yeah. love that you guys love this. And I think that that is what we need right now is like someone who's just going to give you exactly where he's at on the surface level and where he's at is goofy and joyful because that's mm -hmm. the person that he is. And, and exploring the happy side of the food in the process of doing that, I think is a really... I don't know. It's just, it's what I needed, at least. You said that it's like a timely 
piece yeah. that is media for right now. And um, that brings me back to kind of the differences between this and, and Tony Bourdain's stuff, which is his stuff is very much, you think everything is great. Let me show you, mm-hmm. you know, how, how it may not be or like what's actually going on. Right. And with somebody feed Phil, it's very much, you probably think everything is bleak right now. So let's find where it's not. Right. And um, we haven't actually talked about the format of the show. So each episode, he goes to a city. Um, sometimes he travels outside of the city in the in the surrounding region mm-hmm. as well. Meets with people there, tries the food, you know, goes to festivals, things like that. Um, and it's fine dining and street food and fast food and uh, people's family homes. Yeah. Um, really just the whole landscape. Uh, and it's places all over the world. There's, you know, Seoul and Santiago and Austin and Montreal and... <laughs> Boston and Philadelphia. There was a Boston episode, wasn't there? I don't think there was a Boston episode. Oh, if there wasn't, I'm sure there will be. Yeah. At yeah. some point, there's got to be. Yeah, it doesn't look like there was a Boston episode. Oh. Well, then I look forward to that. I yeah. just assumed. It'll um, happen. It'll happen. But yeah, that's it. it. It's it's a it's a multifaceted exploration of local foods, right? And it also goes into, like, he will usually do at least one kind of cultural thing in each episode in addition to exploring food, right? Yeah. So he'll yeah. maybe go, I mean, I guess checking out a market is not specifically non-food, but, you know, maybe he'll go on a boat ride or maybe yeah. he'll, like... Go ice fishing, right? I think yeah. in the Montreal one. Maybe. That sounds right. I know yeah. he, um, you know, in the most recent season, the sixth season that just yeah. aired on Netflix and is why we're doing this today, they uh, they had him do, like, motorcycle. Not motorcycle, but, uh, yeah, fast, the, fast car. Fast car. Fast, fast car, car by Tracy Chapman. Yeah, he did a cover of Fast Car <laughs> by Tracy Chapman. <laughs> he got in a fast car. Yeah. And, and he, he went vroom vroom and he did not No, like. he looked really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Or, you know, he will hang out with um, Brad Paisley for a bit. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's not always Climb food. a mountain. Yeah. Or, or, you know, meet some nice animals. Yeah. Or, yeah. Touch a touch a sea urchin, but wrong. it's always in the in the pursuit of food. Yeah, and that is the the concept of the show. <laughs> yeah, which, as stated by the excellent theme song um, at the beginning of it each each episode. Uh, I'm not going to start singing it. Stop looking at me. No, like that. I wasn't expecting um, you to. But but you know he is a happy, hungry man mm-hmm. who is just looking to be fed. And like, aren't we all? Yeah, aren't we all just looking to be fed? And yeah. this show really really feeds on a lot of levels yeah yeah well that's it i i think it it does a really good job of you know taking you to the place making you want to be in the place which is what all these food travel shows are supposed to do right they're supposed to make you want to go to the place yeah but also feeding you something while you're watching it in a way that some of them don't right like you don't just see the food and like you know you'll see the food they'll maybe feed your eyes but they don't always feed your soul but i feel like this one feeds your soul a little bit well there's a very important aspect that we have not yet uh, uh, talked about that we need to talk about, mm-hmm. and that is the enduring and multi-generational dad energy in this show. Yes. Now, we are a family without dads. Yes. Tom does not have a dad. My dad uh, died 11 years ago. We do not like actively have dads in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, especially as parents, can be really tough. Yeah. Like, like, speaking for myself, I know the last year I've just been grieving that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been tough. 
And there is something about just being able to immerse yourself in, like, first of all, this guy, Phil Rosenthal, who is just the most wholesome dad energy you've ever encountered. He is (laughs) dorky and silly and loving and just obviously adores his family, (laughs) obviously really cares about and respects other people. And also, you know, does not mind that he is dorky yeah. and and fully embraces it. He's just silly and goofy and, and loving in really nurturing ways. Yeah. Um, I and, think I said at some like, point... Well, that's we were, like peak dad energy too, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I think I said at some point while we were watching this last season, like Phil Rosenthal is like the antidote to toxic mascul- masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then his dad, Max, mm-hmm. who passed away, what, about a year ago, maybe? A little longer? Maybe even two. It's It's been a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, features heavily in the early seasons of the mm-hmm. show. At the end of every episode, Phil would call him and have him tell a joke, and they would talk about whatever he was eating and wherever he was, and his mom as well. And the show is in very much... Uh, an homage, I think, mm-hmm. to his father, to yeah. both his parents, but especially to his father. And you get to see this multi-generational, nourishing, nurturing, masculine love, mm-hmm. uh, familial love. And that is something that we don't get to see very often. Yeah. Like it comes up, you know, occasionally on TV shows, another Phil, Phil Dunphy from sure. Modern Family absolutely has that yeah. energy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we don't see it multi-generationally as well. So often instead we're seeing multi-generational dysfunction. Right. Where you get the, the older generation that's not good at showing love and yeah. the younger generation that is. And ooh, that's our comedy bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or or even the younger generation that is struggling because of that. And yeah. we see a lot of that. And mm-hmm. there's just something, you know, beyond the food, <laughs> beyond the passing down of, of a love of food and, and eating, just this passing down of of love mm-hmm. this passing down of nourishing nurturing i mean i get the sense that the food thing is phil's thing yeah. and the humor <laughs> thing is his dad's thing you yeah. know yeah and they just work really beautifully together and i mm-hmm. found it it nourishes my soul mm-hmm. and it comforts me yeah well um, it, it's it's really touching it's yeah. it's touching in a way that like you know to come back to the guy fieri of it all whenever we see a guy with his sons or with his mom mm-hmm. or you know any member of his family on one of his shows there's something warm about that right mm-hmm. there's an extra layer of warmth that's get, that gets added to it mm-hmm. and this show has that baked into every single episode as part yeah. of the format and that's because Phil I think is I think he co-produces it with his brother or at the very least his brother is like I think yeah his, his brother's an executive producer yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so like you know, he co-produces it with his brother who is there for every shot. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's mm-hmm. behind a camera, he's around, he interacts, he's he's part of it in a really intimate way. Mm-hmm. And that's huge as well, right? Because it's not just that Phil makes a point of calling his parents every episode. It's that Phil is doing this as a project with his brother, mm-hmm. right? And you get that. You mm-hmm. get that all throughout. Not just, you know, in the way that brothers will like tease each other about stuff, but in the way that they will connect over things as yeah. well. And like... In this final season, or not final season, we don't know yet at the time of recording if there will be a seventh season. I read an a article that was written in really broken English that suggested there will be a seventh, but I am skeptical of it because 
you know, broken English articles are sometimes nothing. Um, but I suspect there will be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, In this most recent season. Yeah. It, season six <laughs> ends with a really touching tribute episode to his parents because mm-hmm. they had both passed away. I think one of them passed away after season three or four and the other passed away the following season. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a big like tribute episode to them as the finale of this season. And it was beautiful and it didn't feel like it detracted from the rest of the series mm-hmm. by not being as focused on food. Mm-hmm. It still had some elements of food in it in the way that he talked about the food of his parents, you know, yeah. but it wasn't as directly based on the food as the rest of it, but it didn't feel like that was like, it, it didn't feel like a detour, you know? Yeah. I mean, in this series, The food, of course, is the focus of the show, but in many ways, the food almost feels like the setting for communicating love. Mm. And I just, that is something that we come back to so often about food being family, food being connection, food being love. Yeah. And, and the sharing of food being, I mean, really the fundamental of community like the foundation of community is what is breaking bread together i do feel that community family interpersonality and food have an equal importance Mm -hmm. on the show and having an episode dedicated more to one than the other makes a lot of sense It, it works with the ethos of the show because that warmth is as much a character within the show as food is yeah well that's it that beautifully put that that the warmth is like almost his co-host right yeah and like kudos to him for being that warm a person right and kudos to his parents for raising that warm person because that you don't that doesn't happen by accident you know absolutely people have to choose that people have to come into that and like own that and that's hard you know Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I think it's probably easier when you inherit it. I think so. Like most things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe I mean, it or I not. Don't, I don't know about inheriting. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like uh, generational wealth can also be generational emotional wealth. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Emotional inheritance is, is a very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important. Like it's it's more important than generational wealth, frankly. Like that that getting those getting those good warm skills, warm skills. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's especially really important in the context of these being men. And I know mm-hmm. I kind of hammered this home earlier, yeah. but I think food shows. When we talk about food and generationality, it's often talking about mom. Sure. Mom in the kitchen, mom cooking. Right. And this show is not about Phil's father passing down recipes because from all uh, evidence, their um, Phil's parents do not really cook. That's right. not really something they do yeah. much of. But, you know, when your father is a warm, loving radiant tender man it is easier to become a warm loving radiant Mm -hmm. tender man because you're not having to unlearn all of the insecurities and violence and (sighs) posturing that men learn often from their fathers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what I mean like when I say it's so important to see this this intergenerational tender masculinity Mm -hmm. because Phil is what probably in his 50s 
Uh, I believe I was just looking at his Wikipedia page a minute ago. 62. So he's he's a boomer. Yeah, he's a young boomer or is Gen X that old now? Oof, I think he's a young boomer. Yeah. Um, and then his father is the generation before, you know, his father lived through the war. His mother was in an internment camp during the Holocaust. These are not recent generations. This isn't saying now we've learned and gotten better and we've improved over former generations. This is just shining the light on the people who have been doing this, who have always been doing this because there are people, there are families where this has been happening. (laughs) Well, that's it, right? Like this guy, like you, you almost expect hosts our age to be at the very least presenting this, right? Because like, let's be real, like we try to present this, but we're also upfront about the fact that we're messes. (laughs) (laughs) But like we, we, we try to, it's not our fault, (laughs) but we, we try to put this out into the world, right? We try to put out this warmth and this positivity because Mm -hmm. we know it matters. Mm -hmm. And, our parents' generation, Phil's generation, didn't have that same like cultural expectation mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. of, of warmth and generosity being good things, which is nuts. At least not so. Here's <laughs> not the as thing. explicitly. I anyway. think it's in the really important part of these of it is the TV of it mm-hmm. because you know my grandfather was a a warm affectionate cooking man sure like mine too my my, my <laughs> yeah, your, yeah yours too um but you know that's an immigrant poor family right that's not on tv we're not right. seeing that on tv we see the values of society on tv yeah and so there's something really lovely about saying at this point our societal values have shifted at least in terms of what people want to consume as entertainment. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that a matters a lot. Where we're telling those stories which have always been there. Yeah. But which have not been on TV because on TV we're seeing what June Cleaver with a husband who's never home cooking things in her crock pot. Right. Um, which is also a narrative that exists. Yeah. But it's really important to look at how we break those narratives up and how we see good fathers passing down good values over the generations and we see that that there has always been tender masculinity Mm. there has always been healthy and wholesome masculinity and just because toxic masculinity is the loudest doesn't mean that we're somehow fighting against this tidal wave that comes from our ancestors you know that's not true it's not not some unstoppable force yeah It's, it's simply what media has been pushing forward and Mm -hmm. so the fact that we're now in a position where media is pushing forward this is wonderful and so exciting yeah 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 a hundred percent i i remember i in my food and religion class like a year Mm -hmm. ago we read this paper that was kind of breaking down like food network gender representation right and it was from like 2005 and it was wildly inaccurate and irrelevant to the present but like (laughs) you know it was what it was um but a thing that it pointed out was that a lot of especially back then but still now a lot of the shows that were hosted by women were yeah the the like (laughs) patricia heaton cooks at home and has a party kind of meal you know shows um you know patricia heaton being someone who got famous off Everybody loves Raymond. I, I figured yeah. because of the way you said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was in an episode of this also. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, the men shows, you know, the male hosted shows were things like Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives or Beat Bobby Flay. It was the mm-hmm. the sort of 
either the macho take on, you know, let's look at restaurants or the macho take on, like, let's have a fight in the kitchen. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 And that has shifted. Mm-hmm. Ever and so I mean, slightly. and Guy Fieri has shifted. And at some point, we need yeah. to do a whole episode talking oh, yeah. about how Guy Fieri's branding has also shifted in yeah. similar ways. Yeah. Yes. Well, and and I think that that is because at first they had to brand him the way that they were branding yeah. things, and they very quickly realized that like, oh, this guy is more than that. Let's yeah. let him. I mean, slash he, you know, got rich and famous and. Have start. the power to start shifting his own image, exactly. right? But but that's it, right? It's it's you know the the way that people are presented on TV makes a huge difference, and that has been shifting in a better direction. We have a much more like nuanced gender balance happening. Still, not a whole lot of like trans and non-binary representation in, in food the food media. world. No, it's going to take a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm available. Food Network, hit me up. Um, but like you know, there the we're seeing more. Yeah. We're seeing more and better and and nuanced and warmer across the board. Like even yeah. Bobby Flay feels a little warmer now than he used to. Yeah. Like he's got a show he hosts with his daughter who he clearly loves a lot and mm-hmm. they have a good rapport. Like there's this is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Yeah, there there's something really beautiful about it happening as explicitly as it happens with Phil. Yeah. And as naturally as it happens with Phil. Yeah, he's he's got it. He's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. It's really lovely. We have to pop to the mid-roll for a second, All but right. when we get back, I have a question for you along Ooh. the lines of food travel shows. Okay. Hey folks, welcome to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of October, we will be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. If you have watched the most recent season of Somebody Feed Phil, he visits a place that works very similarly to The Depot in one of the episodes. Uh, I believe maybe the episode set in Santiago, Chile, although I don't know for sure because we binged the whole thing over the course of two nights and I'm very tired. But, uh, you know, it's a very good organization that does a lot uh, beyond just food. They also help people with finding work and finding housing and, like, getting their lives together when they're in a bad place. And they do a lot of really wonderful work. You can read all about what they do at the link in the description of this episode. And again, for every new rating and review we get on Apple Podcasts this month, we will be giving them $2. So, you know, Leave us a review while you're at it. Mm-hmm. It's been a little while since we've been able to give them $2. Yeah. Um, so help us out. <laughs> yeah, and help them out. Uh, we also have merch. We just got our merch delivered to our house recently. It's fun. It is. We got a snapback. We got some aprons that are really cute. Mm-hmm. A polo that um, I at first was like, oh, crap, I ordered the wrong size. Like I got, I got a size up from what I needed because I do that sometimes to be on the safe side. Because, you know, it's better to have a larger thing than a yeah, thing yeah, that's yeah, too... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I wore it and actually it breathes really, really nicely. Okay. So I don't even mind that it's a little big. They're true to size, big. folks. True there you size. go. True to size. There you go. Uh, the, other, uh, the other fun merch thing is that the apron, which has our logo with the bear, was hanging in our, is hanging in our kitchen, right? Our daughter comes home. She wanders into the kitchen. She doesn't notice I'm there because sometimes she does not notice anybody else in the house because mm-hmm. she's eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't know I'm there. She walks in. She looks at the apron. She just like looks at it for like a good good long moment looking at it and then she mutters the bear is tom and just walks out the room <laughs> so you know 
There you have it, folks. <laughs> Get yourself an apron with me on it, apparently. Oh no! Okay. Uh, you can hit the merch link in the description to get that and also other things. Uh, the last thing before we get back to the show: uh, a couple weeks ago, we teased our upcoming Nosh Vember yeah. photo challenge series on Instagram for the month of November, which is rapidly approaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, rapidly approaching, folks. We're one week out from Hallow's Eve, which means we're one week and a day out from November. And Noshvember. And one uh, week and two days out from Toby's birthday. It's true. And we're six weeks out from Crimsonman. No, absolutely no, not. We're not there yet. Not there. Mm-mm, eight mm-mm. weeks, folks. Eight weeks till Crimsonman's. <laughs> uh, but if you want to get us the best Crimsonman's present, <laughs> take a look. Find out about Noshvember. Participate a little. You don't have to do every single day. That's the yeah. thing with those challenges. You don't have to do daily. You can do one a week. You can yeah. do one a month. Yeah. But just, you know, every time you participate, it makes us happy. Mm-hmm. We'll share your posts. And yeah. it, it kind of gets the word out uh, as well about our show, which we always want Phil Rosenthal to listen to this episode. That's so. it. Yeah. Tweet at Phil. Every day in November. That's what it is. You just pick, post, post a different picture of Phil. I'll tag us in it. Phil Vember. Phil Vember. Fill up your Instagram feed with Philip Rosenthal. That's it for the mid-roll, folks. I've been Tom. I continue to be Taffer. All right, folks. See you later in two seconds after the music. Okay, we're back for the uh, last quarter of the show because we want to go watch One Piece, so we're not going to spend another half hour here. I have a quick question for you. Yes. So, obviously, Phil goes to a lot of places on this show. Uh, At first, I was going to ask you where you'd like to see him go next, but I'm not going to ask you that. I'm going to ask you something else instead. Mm -hmm. If we did a show like this, where would you want to go? What's, like, maybe, like, your top three spots that you think... (laughs) Let's say, uh, you know what? Netflix picks us up for our own series, No Bad Food with Tom and Teffer. We do a food travel show where we eat the food of places and we especially eat the food that's like culturally weird to other people, right? Sure. Uh, So like we're going to have to eat like Stinky Shark and like I'll take a bullet on that one. I'll eat the shark. You can watch me, whatever. You are are the more adventurous eater of the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. What are three places that you would want to go? It can be places you know. It can be places you want to know. What do you think? So is this based on what I think would be the best television or just where I want to eat food? No one cares what the best television is going to be. Okay. Except the Netflix execs, but they can, you know, figure it out. I mean, absolutely the first thing that jumps to my mind, which Phil already did. So, you know, maybe we could go to a different part of it, but is Korea. Um, I love Korean food. I, I have a long like decades long love affair with Korean food and I would love to learn more about it and and have more of it actually in Korea and learn more about you know what is eaten beyond what is available here sure Uh, there's also just really fascinating like fusion history and and it's just a really cool and beautiful place yeah do you want to go back and forth sure yeah so what's yours yeah okay Uh, giving you a couple seconds to think about your next one I would love to go to Italy Mm-hmm. Not just because I work in an Italian place now and and feel like I should maybe, you know, at some point get a chance to go to Italy and see the food up close, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm selling. Uh, but also just like, I don't know, I the more I watch shows like this, the more I feel like I don't know a lot of Europe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of European cities that are like really kind of 
ambiguous in my mind and I think it'd be fun to explore them from a food angle especially Mm -hmm. and like where better than Italy right like Italy is such a good place for food that I would love to like do a sandwich tour of Italy yeah you know where like forget about the pasta forget about pizza forget about the things that are like stereotypically Italian I want to know what sandwiches these people are eating Mm -hmm. you know yeah again not just because I sell sandwiches at an Italian restaurant but like I want to you know yeah I want to see that yeah um, as you were saying that, actually, what came to mind for me is um, I think that we see very little of sub-Saharan Africa's food culture. Mm. Uh, I think that's one region that I just know nothing about. You know, sure. I know a little bit about about Northern Africa, obviously Moroccan food, right. uh, something about Egyptian food. Um, and and I've had, you know, we have some like Senegalese around here, things like that. But I feel like I know very little about what people are eating in Zambia, sure. you know, what are, what are people eating in, in Democratic Republic of Congo? Is it still the Democratic Republic of Congo or is it the Republic of Congo now? Good this question. is how much I know about yeah. Sub-Saharan Africa, which is like shameful, honestly. Sure. <laughs> um, my sister spent some time in Madagascar and when right. she came back, she she was talking about the food. She would like cook for us what she'd learned there. And it was so good. Right. And it's just something that because of colonialism, there's just not that much publication about and I would love to learn more about it and see more yeah uh, yeah well I have good news for you on a personal level because Ooh. a friend of the show Billy F is coming by to hang out with us in a couple weeks for yes. dinner and said he's going to bring some Malagasy food oh bless you us. Billy so that'll be fun Billy is truly a boon to love our him. family love god him. yes <laughs> hire him he's if you want like a food knowledgeable extremely good media person who's also a talented musician and total smoke show like like (laughs) billy (laughs) he's got it all somebody's got it all (laughs) you know okay so you're saying like sub-saharan africa somewhere i mean sub-saharan africa is huge Huge. and that shows the depth of my ignorance (laughs) fair enough I mean, look, the, the thing about wanting to explore yeah. is that sometimes you want to explore because you're ignorant of something, yeah. right? Like, sometimes you go on a Wikipedia because you want to know everything about a thing because you yeah. just found out it exists. So I think that it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes we know nothing about something and we want to know more about mm-hmm. it. Putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would want, honestly, honestly, if we were getting paid to do a food show, mm-hmm. I would want to do an episode in Montreal of and course. like surrounding yeah. areas. Yeah. But specifically, I would want to go to, this is a thing that I've had in my mind for like a decade. I want to see, I want to get like a perfectly mapped out, like exactly accurate picture of what the best within a kilometer of each metro station. So walking distance of each metro station, subway stations, for those of you who Mm -hmm. are not here. uh, I want to know what the like, tastiest food is within walking distance of each one on our system that could be a whole show yeah or a whole blog yeah absolutely easily yeah but i like that idea yeah last one for you number three yeah so uh, this is also kind of general but like one thing i noticed a lot in the most recent season of somebody feed phil 
um, or especially in the Santiago episode, which I think we've talked about a few times because it was just like so good. It was so good. It's a culture I know nothing about. I know nothing about Chilean food beyond like Chilean empanadas. Sure. Um, well, and, and Chile is figuring out its food now as well a little bit in a new way because yeah. of all the changes that are yeah. happening there recently, right? But there's a real focus on reconnecting with indigenous food mm-hmm. in Chile. And I would love to see that. Like, I mean, I was just thinking, like, Ganawage, like sure. our our local indigenous community. Yeah. I would love to see some focus on Turtle Island that is focused on the actual traditional foods sure. of this place from more than two, three hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love Because there's really, there are a lot of, like, plants that are no longer cultivated or eaten in the same way, except in small communities and Mm -hmm. it's just there's a fascinating food history that has been pretty much uh made invisible Mm -hmm. and i would love and it's starting to re-emerge everywhere it's starting to re-emerge in canada absolutely in the canadian food scene we have a lot of up-and-coming indigenous chefs doing really interesting things yeah shout out to Um, rich francis who has uh done a lot of very cool shit on his instagram absolutely (laughs) he was on my mind as i was saying (laughs) that but there are also just like so many in so many nations across canada doing this right now um and i would love to see more about that like inuit Mm -hmm. food culture inuit food culture like living in the arctic is a completely different food culture from living not in the arctic yeah um although the idea of going to the arctic makes me shiver to my very bones but if it's on netflix dime i'm sure they can give me a good They'll, they'll hook you up with that Canada goose. We can go in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's not cold anymore. It's less cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a, a final one for me, I... This, this is silly, but I really would love to just explore, like, I don't know, some part of, of New York that I don't know about yet, you know? Because yeah. uh, that's the thing. It's like New York City is huge, yeah. right? And it is like constantly on food shows it's constantly at the center of all this but i want i want the new york of someone who like lives there and is tired of like tourist new york you know yeah so you want a montreal episode that's like that and then you want a new york episode that's like that yeah because i feel like every time we watch a montreal episode or something we're always like okay this is the (laughs) same five french canadian inspired restaurants is the food good yes yeah, absolutely. But like Montreal is such a food city. Yeah, that's and there it. is so much food here. That's that's really what it is yeah. for me. Is that what I want is a food show where we go to cities. Yeah, and we find just some guy, and he's like, "I like this place. The tacos are five dollars, and it's close to work." And like that's that's his food, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is like a lot of it's almost what somebody feed Phil does, except like for some reason not in Montreal. No. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In Montreal, you've got to just come back to Montreal. We'll show you around. Phil, (laughs) Netflix. Hey, Netflix, Rich and Phil, the three of you, (laughs) the the Rosenthal brothers and the entity that is Netflix, message us. We'll be your tour guides next time. We won't even charge more than a per diem. I mean, if we're going, yeah, anyway, we can can work this out. You pay for the food and we'll pay for the hanging out for free with us. Netflix has a lot of money. I know, I'm just trying to sweeten okay, the deal. Okay, 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 okay. Be friends with us, Phil. Be friends with us. We need that dad. Phil, will you be our dad? Please. We have really cute children. Choose one, yes or no. Grandchildren built in. Your kids are a little younger. I don't think you have grandkids yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So It's a sweet deal. That's it. You're going to start asking them when they're going to give you grandchildren. We're right here. I'll feed you, Phil. I'm a very good cook. We'll feed you. 
So on that note, if you haven't yet watched Somebody Feed Phil, uh, whether it's that you haven't watched the newest season because it just came out or you haven't seen a single episode, go on your Netflix and watch it. It's such a treat. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's perfect for this time of year. That's it. You just want to get cozy. But like, oh boy, have some snacks on hand. Oh my God. I think like, I think as soon as we watched the, the Soul episode, we got Tukbuki like right away because I was like, I, if I don't eat Tukbuki right now, I'm going to die. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I can't, like, we got to have snacks when we watch food shows. Always. Always. Like, mm-hmm. I can watch other stuff without snacks, kind of. No, you can't. Not happily. That's a filthy lie. Yeah, it's, well, not You're happily. You're lying to the people. Look, I'm sad if I watch You've never watched anything. anything without a snack. I have, but I've been grumpy lately. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. You need, yeah. I gots to be putting foods in my tummy <laughs> while I'm putting foods in my eyes. <laughs> I just got an instant image of you just like rubbing salami in your eye. Ooh. Was that a noise of desire? Oh, you know it. <laughs> salami joke. All right, guys, that's it. That's the end of our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Do you want to tell us all about your favorite Somebody Feed Phil? Do you want to tell us where you want to go? What's your favorite restaurant in Montreal? Who's your dad? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod or individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you liked this episode and want to help us make this show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch. As previously mentioned, you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends at the Pod Cavern merch store. Put a bear on it. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend, maybe a friend who is your dad. Oh man, if you have a dad who is your friend treasure that yeah if you have a friend who is a dad treasure that i have a friend who is a dad you could be a fun uncle fun aunt a funkle funkle fant our theme music is by zach dad ingles and our cover art is by david feed him flam You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Last but certainly not least, the show is produced by me and Teffer and edited by me as part of the Podcavern Network. You like podcasts? You want more good podcasts like this one? Go to podcavern.com. See you next week for Halloween! No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top five sandwich toppings, top five movies of the year, top five celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top five list. That's where my podcast comes in. 
My name is Tung La, and I am the host of Ranked, top five lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there to create a top five list of any and every topic we can think of, like top five brunch menu items, top five fictional dogs, top five 90s songs, top five Steve's? The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for Ranked, top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity is actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with this. We're doing a a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there.